everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am so sorry. Um, the beginning of this episode got cut off, so I am re-recording it right now. So if the audio changes suddenly in like um, a few seconds after this intro, that is why. So I'm just going to be re-recording it now. So sorry. Um, but I am a... I am the host of the show and I bring different people on within the sex industry every single week um, to destigmatize the sex industry. So if you're brand new here, you can literally start at any single episode. They're all different. They're all unique. And this week is no different. But before I introduce our guest this week, I would like to introduce myself. So I, again, my name is Steph Sia. I am a exotic dancer i am also a content creator former sugar baby and i'm also the host of the show you might see me on stage as kimchi which i'll be in in about a month at penthouse in vancouver canada so come come pee pee when you are in town um this show is all about sex work and helping educate the masses and destigmatizing our industry because it is highly, highly, highly stigmatized. So by doing that, I bring different guests on every single week that are from different corners of the sex industry. So whether it's porn, whether it's camming, whether it's content creation, whether it's someone behind the scenes, maybe it's a doctor who specializes in like trauma and stuff like that. I cover it all. So this week is no exception. Um, I am bringing on the fabulous porn star, Aaliyah Brin, onto the show today who just flew in last night and she is a busy, busy girl. So I'm super grateful for her time today. But without further ado, Aaliyah, are you there? Hi, yes. (laughs) It's so nice to have you on. Good morning, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out today and chat over the next hour. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) It's my pleasure. It's so nice to connect with you. And again, to just get to know you a bit, I know like a lot of your fans will be listening to this episode, but for those who don't know you, I mean, I know you just a little bit in terms of like that you are a porn star you're also uh you are also an exotic dancer a content creator i think you were camming for a bit too i mean with sex work we tend to do a little bit of everything but did i get that right like how would you describe yourself definitely an all-around sex worker but right now i would be classified as a porn star but i've done it all like you're right i started with snapchat premium and camming and some stripping and a lot of things before I ever did porn. Absolutely. And like And I even did porn before I did porn, you know? Oh what? Okay, okay. We're gonna like I <laughs> I guess we'll get into it all. But yeah, like maybe we want to start at the very, very, very beginning. <laughs> like maybe of with, sex work. Yeah, or of anything. And just in terms of like yourself, like you know, your your background in terms of like training with like gymnastics and dance and all that stuff. We could start like way back, way back, throwback. Okay. (laughs) So I started dancing at 13 and it was a really good escape for me. Like I had a really crazy home life. So I just loved getting out of the house, anything like going out with friends, partying, school, like it didn't matter. I just needed to be out of the house. So I found dance and it was awesome. Like I fell in love. It was so much fun. 
And in that process, I couldn't even touch my toes when I started dancing. And now, like, I can bend in half. It's crazy how much training can really affect your body and forever even. Like, I'm still flexible to this day, which I'm really lucky. Wow. Yeah, you don't really get to lose that too much, right? (laughs) I mean, you definitely have to keep up with it. Like, I've pulled hamstrings before. Um, That's super painful. I don't recommend that. (laughs) But (laughs) But no, it's really – it's crazy, like, the things you can do with your body. And it does help with porn a lot and any type of sex work because, like, you're athletic, you're flexible, you have stamina, you can do cool tricks that most people can't do. Yes, and we're definitely going to get into all of that later. Um, I guess just digging a little bit deeper here, um, it sounded like dance was almost like an escape for you. Um, 100%. Yeah. Do you want to dig into a little bit about that, share a little bit more about how you felt when that happened, or was there any particular type of dance that you kind of felt yourself leaning into? I did every single style. So I did ballet, hip-hop, tap, jazz, like – anything. I took every class that I could because I loved it. Um, And I used dance to get onto my pep squad in middle school, which is like the mini cheerleading team. And that was fun. Yes. (laughs) And I still dance throughout that. It honestly is just great because I also got bullied in school. So like there just wasn't like a good moment in my life besides dancing. That's where I felt like I fit in, you know, like everyone was super nice. All the teachers, all the girls, Mm -hmm. even the boys. (laughs) Even the boys. (laughs) Can you share a little bit about like the bullying that happened to you? I know kids can be cruel. I was bullied a lot in high school a lot as well for, you know, I had like rashes on my hands. I had like a hair loss disease when I was in high school, which wasn't fun. You know, kids are fucking cruel, right? So yes, they are. They are. I don't know if you want to, you know, tap into your vulnerable side and share a little bit about that in case some other people are going through the same thing. Yeah, um, I was really different than most people because I came from a really broken home. Not saying that a lot of people don't, but like, I feel like mine was especially like painful. So I acted different than most people and I didn't quite fit in all the time. Like, I had a group of misfit friends, but I didn't even quite fit in with that group. So it was just really like lonely. And I was also really slutty. Like I would suck everyone's dick and they all liked me in secret, but nobody liked me publicly you know okay yeah but I was like the whore that everyone loved in secret (laughs) yes oh my god girl I shared the same thing I was a slutty one in high school too and like you know people like as I said in secret like it it was Mm -hmm. embarrassing for like people to know that part you know yeah and I think that added to the bullying too because like jealousy like sexuality is a really tough thing for people you know like they judge it really easily it's a really taboo subject especially in America yes absolutely and so yeah when you're open and comfortable with your sexuality especially at a young age you get hated on for that for sure oh yeah and like where do you think that hate comes from because a lot of it can come from jealousy people not understanding people wanting to be as free as you are like what what are your observations with that I think it stems from jealousy and insecurity, but I hate those words because even those words have a stigma. Like it's a bad thing to be jealous or to be insecure, but it's really not. Like those are natural emotions. And what's bad is being, I guess, ignorant, like not being willing to learn more and to open your mind. Mm -hmm. That's where things can get tricky. 
Oh yeah, things are. I mean, in high school, people are figuring things out, and it's it's not easy. And like trying to find that fit, as you were mentioning earlier, is incredibly difficult. And people don't know who. Well, it's impossible. It is impossible. People don't realize that there's no such thing as the fit. Nobody fits it, and every you have to be yourself. Like you get told that over and over, but it's so true. There's just no one else can be you but you. Yeah. And it's, I mean, during high school, I didn't know who the hell I was until, like, I didn't know, like, myself wasn't really solidified till about, like, mid to late 20s, I would say. <laughs> Damn. I've heard that a lot, actually. Yeah. Like, you, because your brain doesn't finish developing till 24 or 25, right? Yeah. Did you have a similar? Yeah, so you're talking, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking to a brain that's not even fully developed. So this is pre-developed, Aaliyah. This is actually kind of cool concept to think about (laughs) definitely (laughs) good to throw it back and like you're mentioning too like you know you had like your group of misfit friends and I feel like sex workers I feel like we're all misfits and we've like finally found a community where we just get each other (laughs) a hundred percent I've never met a quote normal unquote sex worker like we all have our shit we're all you know we wouldn't get naked and fuck on camera if we were like regular people that should be like lawyers or doctors or whatever not saying that sex workers can't be those things but we have like a wild side that I think a lot of people are scared to tap into yeah there's a lot of maybe pushback I think when it comes to the work that we do again it's highly highly stigmatized what we do as well and a lot of people are too scared about that and with the labels that society puts on us it can be really scary, but I think a lot of us are actually really, really brave, including yourself. And from you realizing this at a young age, and again, we're going to continue on with your story, I think it's just, it's to be applauded. So <laughs> thank you. It takes balls to be a sex worker. Even any sex worker in the world, it takes balls to put yourself out there like that. Definitely. Let's go a little bit into like uh, flexibility and training, gymnastics dance all of that like how long did you train for and because like I was also a cheerleader more collegiate level but it's fucking hard (laughs) it is I wasn't actually like a real cheerleader I was the dancers like the slutty little dancers in front that just shook their asses and (laughs) pom-poms that was me (laughs) but even dance itself it has a lot of training as well oh yeah training oh yeah tell us about I trained I trained professionally from 13 to probably 16. So that's only three years of dance. Wow. And then I was cheerleading and doing track team and gymnastics. Well, I actually did gymnastics when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but in my information, a lot of people think that I was like a gymnast, but I only did gymnastics like a few classes as a kid and then I quit (laughs) and did dance. (laughs) (laughs) But it helps. And you mentioned if if you're started when you're a kid, like – that is the best time to start dance or gymnastics or anything flexible because you really start to build your foundation from then. Definitely. And I manifested me being a porn star as a kid because growing up, they always asked me what I wanted to be. And I always said an actress and we just didn't realize what kind of actress I was going to be. <laughs> well, yes, yes, that's definitely, definitely true. And you were mentioning earlier, too, how beneficial this flexibility and this training that you had when you were a kid and a teenager, how beneficial that is in sex work. So did you want to go into that? Yeah, it's really good for pictures. So like, (laughs) excuse me, I just hiccup. 
you have you have to take pretty girls which are like stills for every porn video you take and those are really important because that's what makes people buy the video like they see the hot picture and they're like I gotta see what went down and so if I can lift my leg all the way up to the sky they're like damn like I wonder what she can do with a dick inside of her and that helps yeah in that sense it also helps as a stripper because obviously like flexible girl twerking on stage who doesn't want to throw money at that yes um where else does it help it helps in sex on and off camera because I can do some cool positions but I honestly like regular sex better than flexible positions like I want to grind my clit and connect it yeah yeah directly (laughs) (laughs) definitely I think that's like you know like a common misconception too when when people think sex burgers when people think porn stars they think like oh my gosh you can do all the crazy things but in your day-to-day like vanilla sex is honestly it just does the trick (laughs) that's why it exists and it's so popular yeah like do do you think that well I mean yes this is a fact a lot of porn is based on fantasy how much of that translates into real real life quote-unquote Okay, this might be a little bit of a controversial answer. That's okay. We love it. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I get like riled up thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> because porn, <laughs> porn, they always do the like the coercion thing where they're like, eh, I don't really want to fuck, but like I'm going to convince you. Mm-hmm. And like then they end up fucking. And I hate that because it tells people in real life that you can convince people to fuck when they don't want to fuck and that's like happened to me in real life too when I was super new in porn where like I'm just being convinced to fuck people and like I don't really want to and it's not on camera or anything and like I'm not going to go any further into that but I just don't think that the coercion story is very a good thing to be teaching people that's really interesting. And I actually really thought of too hard about that. But you're you're right, because in especially because a lot of people tend to access porn and porn is like their sex education sometimes. And seeing that, that kind of makes it admissible or allow I mean, think oh I'm sorry. Yeah. Think about it. Like how many guys have asked you to fuck and you said no and then they've continued to try to convince you? Like where do you think they learned that from? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually really, really problematic. And I'm really, really glad that you brought that up too because no one has – the 100 plus, 140 episodes that I've had, no one has actually ever brought that point up. So I love that you're taking a stand on that. I feel like that narrative needs to change because it's such a common one. It's too common. <laughs> it's like the only thing that they do pretty much. Yeah. Do you think that – like, and this is just obviously based on your opinion only, but do you – believe that this whole coercion narrative that that contributes to rape culture absolutely and it's unfortunate because I still will take scenes where I'm doing that because I want the money obviously and I am going to put my career in business before that stigma because I'm not in a place to say no to that type of money you know right now I'm 22 but I do know that it's wrong and it does like suck it does suck like, do you, like, and again, this is another opinion as well. Like, do you think that porn is still stuck in, like, this 90s kind of era and, like, in terms of, like, where that is considered as acceptable and, you know, that porn is not... I would say 
I would say half and half because there's a lot of companies that don't do anything like that. It's just super gonzo style. Like they film it. There's no script or anything. But I would literally say half and half. Yeah. Depends on the company and the scene. Yeah, definitely. Like, I guess like going on this as well, like because there are some companies that do cater to those types of scenes and companies that don't, like like what would you like to see from the porn industry if, if say you were a producer and you were wanting to create more porn that you had more say in? Like what would you like to see as um, an entertainer? I don't want to share my secrets because <laughs> I actually have a plan. <laughs> oh, But I will – yeah, well, I kind of posted on Twitter already, so it's not that much of a secret, but I started filming POV strap-on, so I don't need a male talent to have my own company. Like, I just, I have a dick already. It's pink and beautiful. I love it. You love it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, by the time this is out, yeah, like, there will probably be more buzz around it, but <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I love I love that whole side tangent, too, because I think it's really, those are really, really important topics to bring up, and I to like raise awareness of so thank you for that but let's go back to your storyline too because I feel like we just touched on it and they're like (laughs) (laughs) which is totally fine I love (laughs) it's gonna be hard to keep me on the storyline with ADHD but I'm gonna try my best no you're doing excellently girl like don't worry I got this conversation in terms of like thank you you're a great guide (laughs) anytime but I know, um, so I guess like we were talking about dancing, we are talking about training. Um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you started your work in sex work and your career in sex work with premium Snapchat. Is that how you kind of started with everything? Yeah, back in the Snapchat days. So I like to refer to myself as a sex worker hipster because I literally do everything before it becomes popular (laughs) and I feel really cool about that deep down when it like sets off yes so like I was selling snapchat premium and that's how I got my first car oh and then snapchat premium became like this popular thing that everyone was doing a few years later and the same thing with OnlyFans it didn't become super popular until like 2020 Mm -hmm. well I mean Snapchat, the Snapchat era was really, really interesting um, because I feel like, yeah, like a lot of sex workers started off that way too back in the day when that was still (laughs) in its Because it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a mainstream thing. Like you could just post on your story, DM me for nudes and like have them all send you 10 bucks for a picture. Like it was so different back then. Wow. And you were able to buy a car with that? That's how I got my first car. I was so proud. That is amazing. That is some hustling at its finest. Yeah. Dude, I had a front too because I was working like at this minimum wage job. So I, my family thought that's how I got the car. It was great. <laughs> oh, all the secrets that our parents don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what about like you, you also mentioned you were stripping for, I'm not sure if that's still current, but you were also stripping as well at some point. It is still current. Yeah. Yeah. go into that I started I started stripping at 18 and my first time at a strip club it was really scary like I went on stage and I saw these men and they were my dad's age and I started gagging and like I had to run off stage and throw up but they still hired me and I worked there for a few years and it was like my it was a good starter club nice <laughs> nice 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Like, how about like your audition process? Like, do you remember what that was like? Is it all a big blur? That was the audition. That was the, oh my God. That was the audition. <laughs> <laughs> and you still got hired. <laughs> no, like, I, seriously, I still got hired. I was in, I didn't even know that I was supposed to wear a bra and underwear and I was too scared. So I had a skirt and a shirt on and I'm like, <laughs> I didn't want to take it off. I was literally so scared. <laughs> At least I hired you. Some people wouldn't. Dude, so. <laughs> right? It's because I was a cutie. Yeah. When you're cute, you can pull things off, right? <laughs> exactly. They were like, she'll learn. She'll figure it out. <laughs> they believed in me. And they were right. I ended up being a pretty good stripper. There we go. There we go. How was your first couple of years of, of stripping like or like at least like you say like your first month learning the ropes like did you have any clue like did you even step foot in a strip club before you even started stripping? Mm, no. no. <laughs> that was my first time in a strip club was the day I auditioned oh and threw up in it. <laughs> um, the first few years were interesting because I was going to therapy at the time and I learned through stripping and through therapy, how to set boundaries with people because that was really tough. Like I would give a lap dance and they would just basically sexually assault me. Um, And so I had to figure out how to set the boundaries and how to stop the dance if they're doing things I don't like after I already told them. And that was difficult because I was like on this people-pleasing mindset where I felt guilty to not let them have access to my body. And I had to completely change that mindset to where it's like, no, this is my body and they're lucky to even have access to it. And they can only have access to what I allowed them to have access to. Totally. Totally. Was this like a full contact club or was it like a no touch? Because like here in Canada, um, where I dance specifically, like it's mostly no touch clubs with the exception of like maybe one. Like we can touch the customers, but they can't touch us. Like what was I don't it? think you can find one club in LA that you can't get laid in. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so like lots of extras there's it's they're all full contact clubs pretty much there's no like even though it's technically you don't have to let them touch you they'll go complain to a manager if you don't let them touch you like they're Uh, they're horny in there yeah they are horny oh like yeah we get a lot of that too so (laughs) but how can you tell us about how your process in terms of like learning how to set boundaries because I feel like a lot of sex workers you know especially when you first start just doesn't even matter what form of sex work it is have trouble navigating that because we have the same mentality we want to please everyone you want to I will teach you how to set a boundary I'll teach you so good how to set a boundary and I love that I get to teach you yeah okay so first of all you are going to be so confident and you're going to make eye contact and you're going to use your communication that is the key Mm-hmm. is you say it out loud. You say, okay, it's this for this. You know, let's think of an example. Don't touch my nipples, my pussy, or my asshole. That's something that I would say in real life. And if you want to touch any of those parts, tip me this amount of money. And so they either tip the money and they get the go, or they don't tip the money and they don't touch it. And during the dance, if they start to go near any of the boundary parts that you put up, You can grab their hand and say, I told you no. You can give them a chance or not because you already set the boundary. But at that point, you have the option to walk out of the dance and, you know, he already paid for it. So that's his fault. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Yes, because 
Sorry for some of the men that are listening out there, you know, and if you are listening to the show, you're generally good. <laughs> At least but see, you're that's, good. you're already saying sorry to the men, but what are you sorry for? Yeah, no, well, just in general. <laughs> There's a mess. There are a lot of good men that listen to the show, so I don't want to throw them under the so bus. So I'm sure they're agreeing with us. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. But for the shitty people that are listening, that are clients that need a lesson to be learned, this message is for you appreciate our boundaries appreciate don't try to push it because at the end of the day we're real people yeah we are like we still have to go home and go to bed and live with all of our memories and experiences just like everyone else Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for humanizing us because a lot of the times we are not treated as humans you Mm -hmm. know yeah which is it's just it's hard to think about oh i also do feature dancing now but we talked we were going to talk about that, right? Let's talk about it now. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about feature dancing because I know that you are assigned to the Lee Network, which is, I guess, if I would describe it, it's like an agency that brings uh, adult entrepreneurs to larger gentlemen clubs all around the States, I think. Pretty much. Yeah. That's yeah. spot on. You hit the nail. Um, <laughs> they're really cool. Like I went, I've only done it one time so far because I just signed with them recently. But it was special. Like, it's nothing like the regular stripper experience. And I understand now why strippers usually hate feature dancers. Because, like, I would hate feature dancers, too. Like, when I was a stripper and a feature dancer came in, it's like, fuck that bitch. But (laughs) not really, though, because the strippers were so nice to me at the club. Like, they gave me cookies and candy and, like, they were (laughs) sweethearts. But they're so cool because they give you your own private room. You have, like, a dressing room. And you only go down for your performances. You don't walk around and talk to the other customers. You just sit like underneath the spotlight and they have to come up to you. And you can charge whatever you want for the dances. And you can hang out there for however long. And then you can go back up to the dressing room and hang out till your next show. It's super like laid back. And you get paid for it. There's like a set rate already. So it's just like the easiest money that I've ever made. That's awesome. That's super good. I love it. And you get to meet your fans. Like it's super cool and make new fans. That's amazing. I guess that's like kind of similar how it is here in Canada too, because we have an agency that books all the stage strippers, so including myself. But there's also VIPs, which you know you just pay the drop-in rate, you sell your dances, and that's it. I mean, we like to sell dances too because, but although we can't set the rate for it, so that's really cool that you can do that. It gives you a leg up for sure. But like That's how- interesting, though, like mm-hmm. that certain strippers can only go on stage versus give dances in Canada. Yeah. So basically, does that mean like the ones that give dances aren't pretty enough for the stage? Not at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. No, to be not to be booked on stage, you need to go through the agency, at least how it is in Western Canada. You have to go through an agency to do that. And then, um, yeah, but if you want to just VIP and strip and sell dances, you can just pay the drop and fee. So would you say, I'm interviewing you now, that the stage <laughs> in Canada is like a VIP, like a special, like exclusive thing? Like you're a cool stripper if you get to go on stage, so that kind of thing? <laughs> well, I, li- I like it because I get to choose my own music when I go on stage. I get to put my own show. There's like maybe a theme sometimes that I like want to cater to or have like a certain costume and, and stuff like that, which I really enjoy. And I was really I mean I was really into pole dancing I I am really into pole dancing and I really want to perform yeah but then even beyond that I guess I don't want to 
try to compartmentalize and like place certain dancers in different boxes or hierarchies. But there's what we know as a feature dancer, um, they tend to tour around Canada. They have like way, way bigger costumes, like just a way bigger act. Like it's it's a little bit a little bit different, I want to say, but. That's kind of a little bit of the rundown and how it works here. <laughs> That's fun. I want to go to Canada. Come to Canada. It would be so much fun. We'd love to have you here. <laughs> Maybe. I've never been out of the country, but Canada should be my first out-of-country experience. I mean, we're, we're neighbors, right? So close enough. Yeah, so it's not that scary. <laughs> no, not that scary. And there's lots of similarities too, but – well, speaking of maybe there are similarities, but maybe there aren't. I was going to compare your time dancing at a strip club and then you foraying into porn. Are there any similarities? Or are there is it very <laughs> different? Like, I would say the only similarity is the sexual aspect of the job, mm-hmm. but everything else is different. Like, in a strip club, you have customers and you can work with them however you choose. But in porn, you have directors and they choose how you work with them. They have all they write all the rules, write the scene, have the requirements. You get paid a set rate with directors, but with customers, there's no money promised. There's like a lot of differences. Yeah, go into that. So like with with directors, do you ever have and I don't want to throw anyone on the bus and you don't have to say anything, but like, do you ever find it's difficult to give them the performance that they're looking for? Or like maybe when you started, you were super nervous about like, oh, maybe I can't live up to these expectations or like, how's your experience? Um, Not at all. I actually pride myself in giving a really good scene. Like I can play whatever role they give me. I'm pretty good at memorizing lines and like getting into whatever character they need. I really like acting. Like, I always wanted to be an actress. Yeah. So I would say probably not. I mean, unless it's, like, a really nasty scene, like, the coercion thing. But even then, like, I can still get into character. Acting is acting. Yeah, definitely. How is it, like, in terms of, like, scenes that are, say, more challenging for you to do, like those coercion scenes, how do you get yourself into character? And how do you get into that mindset when you know it's like, uh, maybe this is not something I really always want to do, but, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's a paycheck and I need to do this to further myself from the, in my career. Like, how do you navigate those types of situations when they're harder? Well, it's, it's not physically challenging. I can physically put myself through anything. I'm very good at pushing those limits. Mentally, I just smoke pot. <laughs> <laughs> It's an excellent (laughs) here. It's definitely, yeah, I would definitely agree with you that, yeah, weed is a really great way to relax. (laughs) It's the best. Like, I think most sex workers probably smoke a lot of weed because it's really the easiest, safest way to calm down and just chill. And when it's it's such a high-stress job, like, you need that deep breath. Yeah. With a little extra relaxation in it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us about like the stressors that come with porn and maybe some stressors that people might not know about that comes with being in this career. If your pussy is like injured in any way and you have to work, your life is going to suck and you're going to want to cry. <laughs> oh my God. That's definitely something we'll never talk about. <laughs> <laughs> like if you... 
<laughs> if you're sore from the day before and you have some money coming in the next day, you're not going to say no to it. You're just going to bite your tongue and clench your fists and take it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just pushing to the limits, you know? Yeah. Our pussies can take a beating. So Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, that can be definitely really, really challenging for sure because porn is such a physical job, right? Like long – 100%. Shoot, yeah, different positions and stuff. Do you want to go into some detail on, in regards to that? Well, it's really good to take care of yourself. Like if you're a stripper or porn star, definitely stretch um, before your scenes. Don't pull a muscle and work out on your days off if you can. Even just like – I'll do squats in the shower while I'm doing my shampoo, like little things like that because it's important. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you really have to keep up with your physical appearance. I never was that type of girly girl that did like my nails and my hair and my makeup and dressed super fancy. But with porn, porn taught me a lot about hygiene, honestly. Like I think most porn stars are the most hygienic people ever. Yeah, well, tell us about what you've learned about porn and, like, go into that. Okay, like, in what regard? Anything? I've <laughs> yeah. learned a lot from porn. <laughs> yeah, well, we, let's start off with the hygiene aspect that's just mentioned, and then we can kind of go into other lessons you learned along the way, yeah, that you are currently learning as well. It's a broad stroke, but take okay. it <laughs> I'm, I'm going to teach you about your second butthole. So you already know about your first butthole, mm -hmm. but you have a second one, and it's on the inside. So when you, like, spread the outside one, there's a little one on the inside, and you have to make sure you clean that out really good before any scene because if you spread your cheeks for pictures and it's dirty, you're going to regret your life. Oh. So, like, clean both of your buttholes before any porn activity. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Some tips. <laughs> For any of you clip makers out there, or <laughs> make sure you clean your second ball. <laughs> I learned the hard way. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is that story with that, Elena? Dude, I was 19. I was so new when I was 19, and I didn't know about my second butthole, and then I learned about it from the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore about it. Thank no, you. Well, we can <laughs> no further comment. We can leave it at that. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for the um, what do you call it? anatomy lesson as well. I have one more hygiene tip if you want to hear it. Of course I do. You might know about it already. Um, boric acid. The, there's suppositories that you put in your vagina. Is that your dog? Oh, that's my dog. I'm so sorry. <laughs> For those who are watching on Patreon, <laughs> we're having a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I should shout out. Sorry, people on Patreon. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. Uh, exclusive video content on Patreon. Shout out to Justin Erickson, Arup Sarkar, uh, Stefan Checks, and who else am I missing? Did I say Jay Sunsern? Yes, and Dustin Erickson. Um, y'all are the top tier. There's other tiers as well if you didn't want to, but y'all get a fan recognition shout out on each episode. So be sure to check out that uh, exclusive content by becoming a patron on uh, patreon.com slash strip by Sia. Anyways, back shout to Shout out to Sia's top tiers. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, going back. And <laughs> we're talking uh, I was just going to say 
Um, boric acid is roach killer and it's also used as laundry detergent, but it's also used as pH balancer for your pussy. And I know that wasn't a good way to introduce it, <laughs> but That's it's so terrifying. magical. It, I know it's terrifying, but like it's so regular for porn girls to use. And it's so like amazing because it takes away yeast infections and BV and it just cleans out your pussy. It says on the label that it's odor remover, but it's not. It's a full pH balancer. It's so magical. How would you apply that? Or how would you, as a porn star, use that? Because I just so I, you, I hear roach killer and then I hear like <laughs> Well, that's the other thing that it's used for, but you actually have to buy it as a suppository for your vagina. It comes in a pill form oh. and it says for vaginal use only on it. Um, okay. so it's like the right dose in the capsule and you just shove it up there before you go to bed and you wake up and it looks like you got a cream pie in the morning <laughs> and you just clean it out and then your pussy has never felt better. Okay. This is a hot tip. Everyone listening, get that boric <laughs> acid. And is that something you could just get at over the counter or? Yeah, I get it from Ulta Beauty. Okay. Okay. Good to know. I'll plug that in the show notes <laughs> below. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's definitely something I haven't heard of before. So I'm sure a lot of people listening would be like adding that to the shopping list or adding that to their Amazon list or something. I hope so. I didn't explain it very well, but it, like porn stars swear by it. It really helps if you have um, up and down pH. It just balances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially those who are prone to yeast infections and other kind of um, things that are affected by your pH level. Good, good note. Yep. Hot tip. <laughs> Do you have any other like secret porn star tips as well? I feel like you are goldmine for this. <laughs> okay. Do you know how porn stars fuck on their period? No. Oh, I'll tell you a secret, Sia. Um, <laughs> they take makeup sponges, clean, unused, soak it in lube, and shove that right up there. And so when the dick fucks you, it pushes the sponge in deeper, but it stops any blood. And then at the end, you can pull it out yourself or get someone to help you. But yeah, desponge yourself. I have heard of this tip. Yes, I have heard of this tip. It's also a good tip for um, strippers to use on stage. You know, sometimes people like cut the tampon string too, but sometimes it peeks out. So y'all have to like really shove it in there. But no, hot tip. And it's also a good thing if you want to have sex during your period and don't want to make a mess. Also, if you are a stripper and you only want to do a tampon, one of my stripper mamas taught me, you roll the string up into a little ball and then shove it up with the tampon. And like, if you shove it up far enough into your pussy, the tampon and the string will disappear and then you can pull it out later and it still has a string and it's easier. Because I've gotten tampons stuck that way by cutting the string and like panicking, not being able to get it out. Yeah. And that also being an issue, especially you've got like fake nails on too and trying to like... (laughs) dig i think that makes it easier no yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point though that's a good point (laughs) i'm gonna use my tweezies to get my tampy out (laughs) (laughs) sorry for anyone listening if it's tmi but i'm fully and thoroughly enjoying this conversation (laughs) there's no such thing as tmi when you're talking to me that's just like I should have warned you in the beginning. Not at all. <laughs> I and can I'm, be vulgar. You're never vulgar and it's never TMI. Like, I love this kind of stuff. I'm just, like, very, very transparent. So I'm enjoying this fully. <laughs> Good. I like that, too. I'm very transparent. I like talking to transparent people. 
Yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm just, I I just feel like most of our life, you know, we had to kind of guard what we're saying and, you know, just kind of police ourselves. And I guess that comes true with maybe some certain topics that are more sensitive and like depending who you're talking to. But on this show, anything goes. So (laughs) the vulgarity is welcomed always. (laughs) Yes, we love that. Yes. But sorry, going back to porn, I mean, I really appreciate the hot tips. Those are awesome. (laughs) But tell us working with, um, in terms of like making your own custom content, because you're also a custom creator, you make your own clips, you make your own videos and stuff like that. And then you also are a star on many of these top tier adult production companies. What do you like better? Uh, I mean, you can't really choose, I'm sure, because they're so different, but what aspects do you like <laughs> better like doing professional porn versus producing for my own mm-hmm. um yeah. I would say that professional porn is like a treat like mm. let's like in simple words if I was a dog like my content would be my food every day and then my porn bookings would be my treats <laughs> That's a great metaphor. And we are we are also going to talk about your pets later too. So I'm just saving some time for that. But Hell yeah. Yeah. No, that's a cool metaphor. Like, can you elaborate on that too? Like, we'd love to hear more detail if possible. Yeah. So obviously porn bookings pay pretty well. But like having your own content is more stable and guaranteed. Like you're going to be making this money from your fans every day if you're working hard enough. But like porn bookings come and go, you know. Like you can have – a bunch one week and then none the next week so it's not something that you can rely on 100% financially it's just a treat gotcha okay that makes sense and it really is like um well in terms of like the porn industry and like porn productions that is very similar to the acting industry if I can compare like I have a lot of actor friends in, in Vancouver where I live and you know the gigs they come and go but mm-hmm. it's very up and down, can be very volatile. Yeah, that's how it is important. Yeah, I mean, there's some people that are probably getting booked every single day. I'm not one of those people. But there's a lot of people that are also like me where they're like, yeah, some weeks they'll get some bookings and then some weeks nothing. So that's just how it be. Yeah. And that's why you have to do things like many vids and OnlyFans and all that other good stuff. Mm-hmm. And at least, like, with OnlyFans, I'm, I'm sure – I don't know if, what your opinion is on this, but, like, it's a good way to kind of keep in touch with your fans directly. A hundred percent. I love OnlyFans. It's yeah. the best thing that has ever been created for me. Talk about that. Talk about this love for OnlyFans. Go off, girl. Well, I don't love the platform itself, but I love what I can do on it and yeah. – all the connections it's given me. I've met some of my closest friends on OnlyFans. That's amazing. And I think that's really cool. Like, I really love my fans with my heart. So it's cool to have a platform where I can talk to them. And I know that it's not just going to be some, like, guy sending me a bunch of dick pics in the Twitter DMs. You know, it's, like, actually a place where I know that they care for me and, like, want to support me. Yeah. And, Yeah. Tell us about that in terms of like relationship building with fans because then sometimes I feel like when people are starting off OnlyFans, it's really hard to make fans. And I know you have a platform and stuff too, which makes it's a little bit different. But tell us about the importance about, you know, maintaining those relationships. Oh, it's extremely important to maintain the relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's – but it's not hard either. Like 
it's important and it's easy to do because it's just like talking to your friends every day. Like it just comes naturally. Yeah. Like if I were to tease metaphor, it's like watering – it's like taking care of your plants. Like you got to water them every day. You got to make sure they're nourished. <laughs> and like you got to make sure that they're going to – like you got to do your part in terms of like do you want them to stick around. I think um, there were a lot exactly. of – Yeah, yeah. Like I just feel – because we mentioned this earlier. I know you, you joined OnlyFans before it got really crazy in 2020 when the pandemic happened. But like a lot of people had this misconception about like – oh, I could just like get on OnlyFans and, you know, sell a couple nudes here and just post a couple naked pics and just like leave it. But it there's more involvement. There has to be more involvement um, in making a, an, a successful OnlyFans. Like what are your keys to success in your opinion? Dude, when you figure it out, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my OnlyFans is doing pretty good, but I always am striving to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, yeah, doing mainstream porn helped me get the platform. And so then I could take those fans and advertise like my websites on my social media and that helped. Mm-hmm. But I don't have advice for anyone who doesn't do mainstream porn. But I did do OnlyFans before porn. But I also had like an Instagram with followers on it. And I would go on like other people's YouTube channels and streams and like get fans that way. So I always tried to be in front of a camera. That's my advice is to get publicity by putting yourself in front of a camera publicly and then get those fans to come find more of you privately. Ah, there we go. That's the sound advice. I would say that's definitely good advice. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only way that like it works. And from my perspective. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Speaking of getting in front of a camera, um, did I read correctly that you were also camming briefly as well? I was. I used to cam, like, just to masturbate because I was horny. And then I started making money off of it. And it was actually really good. In 2018, camming was probably half of my income. I don't know why. Oh, I know why I stopped because I started doing mainstream porn. Yeah. And then I never got back into it. But I really should. I tried getting back into it a few times. And it wasn't the same. Like, Mm -hmm. It's not the same as a porn star. It was much better as a regular cam girl. Oh, wait. What do you mean by that? Like, can you share some details on that? Like, Camming before porn was amazing because it was, like, this new exciting thing for me. And so that energy translated to all the people watching me. Mm -hmm. And I was figuring it out. Like, I was so new, but it was still fun. And I guess now that I'm an established porn star, the fans have already seen everything, like, on – Pornhub so it's like really hard to get them to tip and like engage with me but it's easier on OnlyFans because they're already signed up to see me and so then they want to see the content I think I need to give camming a chance though because I get bored easily and so I'll be on there and then I'll be off there but I need to actually just like do it and be excited about it and set up a fun cam show maybe it would be fun if I had a partner like I could see that being more yeah exciting with another girl or something yeah or bring like another one of your co-stars in and they can bring like some of their fans in your fans will come follow you too and just you know actually i lied because i have cammed with porn stars and that's really fun because we do make money when it's two people yeah more love right so (laughs) way more yeah when you're by yourself it's just like come on you're a porn star get fucked in front of me Mm. so that's the answer i need a dick 
<laughs> or I could use my fuck machine. <laughs> well, I guess like now, like because you're an established porn star, do you feel like when your fans see you, they expect certain things out of you or are your fans more like, we want to see the human side of you. We want to see the real side of you in terms of like more down to earthness, like, or is it mixed? I would say half and half because a lot of people sign up for my OnlyFans and we just talk like, you know, I get really close with them and they like how vulnerable and open I am online. And so then I'm more friendly to them and like they can actually establish a deeper relationship than sexting. Um, but then there are some that just comment, like, when are you going to do anal all the time? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always going to get those people no matter where you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't please everyone. So just pleasing yourself is important. And then you'll find the right people. Yeah, it's important to stay true to yourself. Like, with that being said, like, do you ever find that you get lost within this entire career in terms of like losing yourself or have you been remaining pretty true to yourself this entire time? Um, I remain pretty true to myself. I live alone and I live with all my animals. I have my dog and my cats and I just keep my apartment nice and like that's my safe space. So I think that's what helps me ground and like stay true to myself even if I am doing things out of my element I always get to come back home and be in my element Mm -hmm. yeah it's good to like have a place to go home to because I know sometimes with like porn stars I know when I interviewed another porn star I think Caitlin Bell she's just traveling a lot everywhere and she's like I don't know where home is and I don't know where I want to make my home and just not having a like a groundwork or foundation is can be difficult when you're on the road all the time yeah yeah traveling is stressful I don't personally like it unless I'm getting paid yeah makes sense (laughs) (laughs) you also mentioned uh being at home with all your pets and I know you specifically want to speak about your pets so I think now is probably a good time (laughs) sure my dog is cuddling my foot right now um I wonder if I can move the camera and show you yeah come Penny of course both on Patreon it's gonna come here we're going to see his dog. Okay. Oh! Wait. Do you see her? Yeah, she's much bigger than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> she oh. is. They told me she's a pit bull collie, but I don't believe it. I think she's a pit bull Labrador. Okay. Because um, okay. her head's so big and blocky. She's <laughs> so sweet. She's the sweetest. She's the best. She makes me feel safe in my home because yeah. I'll tell you a story about Penny the Protector. Tell. You know how Amazon has to take a picture of your package like when they yes. drop it off? So I was trying to be cute one day and I'm like, can I post for the picture? Cause I wanted to screenshot it and put it on Twitter. You know, I thought it could be cutesy. And so I stick my booty out and I post for the picture and Amazon dude is like, whoa. And he goes to smack my butt. And I'm like, no, 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 sir. And Penny knows the word no. And she starts growling at him and she like gets in between us. She's such a good girl. She's so smart. <laughs> Protector. That's so nice mm-hmm. to have. That's so nice to have. Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> and I also have three cats. One of them I've had since I was 18. The other two I got at 19. Oh they were brother and sister. And I was actually at the store getting my first cat food when I saw them. And so I was only going to get the boy, but I picked him up and his little sister started screaming her head off. So that's why I have three instead of two. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, 
I guess I'll just get them all. So <laughs> pretty much. And they're all black with green eyes. So I think that's where I get a lot of my powers from. Like they give me a lot of good energy. That's so sweet. I'm so jealous you have all these fur babies. I don't even have one. I have plants as pets right now. Get a fur baby. Yeah, it's on the list. I'm hoping next year at some point. Cats are way easier. I've heard. I've heard that cats are a lot easier. Yeah. And get a self-cleaning litter box. Well, you could get a dog, but be prepared to wake up every morning and take that dog poop, even if it's cold and raining. I have, yeah, I have so many, like all of my friends have dogs. I don't have one yet because I'm just like waiting. I just want to do some more traveling this year because like obviously it's like when you get a pet, you're going to have that responsibility and you can't, you're going to have to find someone to take care of your dog when you go away, right? So Exactly. Like, I have to drive her so far when I have to go out of town. Luckily, I got to bring her on this trip. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it's super, super sweet. That's nice though. I'm like, it's, oh. Oh no, it's Ooh, reconnecting. We Are you there? Oh, hello. You're back. Hi. Hi. It like refreshed for some reason. It's okay. You're all back and we're still recording, so it's all good. Okay. <laughs> I want to say one last thing about pets. Um, because pets remind you of home and pets are so grounding too, especially when you are just traveling and working a lot, maybe you're away from home. You wanna speak a little bit about what your pets mean to you? So my pets mean the world with me to me. Um, I have pretty bad anxiety and I get into depressive states sometimes. But Penny like keeps me out of that because I have to go outside every day and I have to interact with the world. So that helps so much with my moods, like just relaxing and chilling out and feeling a little more content with things. And then with the cats, they're picky. Like I gotta feed them good food for them to eat. So they keep me on my toes. And that's really good because they remind me to keep my house clean because they flourish when their environment is good. With pets in general, like you have to create a a really great environment for them. Like it really just pains me when I hear all these stories like, you know, with neglect and people not treating their animals, right? I'm like, why even bother getting a pet? It's a responsibility. If you treat your animals right, you get the same energy back. Um, 100%. Like, my cats feel the vibes in the house and they act accordingly. You can tell they're just happy, sweet, loving cats. They're not shy or anything. People are always really shocked when they come over and they see how chill my cats are and how much they just want to be petted and loved. Um, but I'm shocked when I see cats that are hiding in a closet because yeah, they shouldn't I think it's be. Just, sometimes, like, and I don't, I don't have a pet, but I just feel like that's a reflection of the owner or reflection of the environment you're in. Exactly. If your house is chaotic, the cat's not going to be happy. If your house is peaceful, that's when your animals can be. And I think that goes with humans too. (laughs) Like when my house is a disaster, I I can't concentrate. Like it has to be somewhat in order. (laughs) Yeah, clean or even just the people in it. Like I don't have a lot of people over in my apartment because I feel like that lets a lot of energy in and that even affects my animals and stresses them out. So like I'm really careful with who I let come over now. Well, with that being said, I know that you got to get going soon. So we're going to wrap this up. But before we let you go, Leah, where can we find you? I, you can Google me at Aaliyah Bryn and that usually will give you most of my social media. Like if you do Aaliyah Bryn Twitter Right now, my Twitter is at Aaliyah Brin. Instagram is at Aaliyah Brin Loves You. OnlyFans is at Aaliyah Brin XXX. 
And yeah, but you know, social media is never stable. So yes. But we're going to hope and pray that it is. (laughs) In this case. (laughs) Not to scare anyone, but that's just reality for us sex workers. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It's the worst part because all like the the following that you've used years to build up sometimes can just be taken away in like a snap, right? Well, it's also facilitating literal violence against sex workers because when you're taking away somebody's source of income and they're going to lose their home and, you know, can't feed themselves, that's awful. Discriminatory, it is censorship, it is never good news. So support your local sex workers, become a fan. Do it. (laughs) But with that being said, it is Strip by Sia, uh, new episodes every single Sunday. It's Strip by Sia on Twitter, Strip by Sia on Instagram, uh, on Patreon as well. And we'll catch everyone in for a new episode next Sunday. Thanks, Aaliyah. Thanks, Sia. Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, music by Ted D, graphic design by Maria Bellandarama, and photography by Ian Dabrin.